Show. The science of. Got Dr. Nico Nokia, the chief executive of a business called Language Inc., our science of this evening. And it's the science of business translation. Nico, nice to see you. How are you doing? Hi, Bruce. Fine. And um, yourself? No, very good. Thank you. I would have thought that in the 21st century, I could type in Bruce is very handsome and six foot six <laughs> tall and has got a head full of hair. And I could type it into a into a translation device free on the Internet and I would get a perfectly acceptable translation. You telling me I won't? The first answer is, of course, um, of course, as handsome true. as yes. you are. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, the other reality is um, we're working with machines and the language is far too much subtle with all the innuendos and um, expressions that machines can actually translate it for us. I mean, I'm sure you've done it yourself. Go until Google translates something into, well, even if it's just English into Afrikaans, uh, maybe something I understand, and then translating it back into English. The the message is rather um, horrific that you'll get at the end of the day. And fair enough, it's it's there to quickly check something or to write a quick love letter to a girl in French or whatever, but to do business with Google Translate or any other translation tool for that argument, dicey. Okay, but is there not better and better technology in the world that enables uh, a professional level of translation? I'm, I'm just trying to uh, test the, the metal of, of your business model. Hmm. I think with all due respect, technology is improving by all means, but at the end of the day, it's ones and zeros. And without the human intervention, I mean, selfie, for example. Yesterday, we don't know what a selfie was. Today, a selfie is a picture of the self. A ghoul or a, a machine translation wouldn't have picked that up. Fair enough. The other argument is with um, crowdsourcing, people keep on feeding new words into uh, translation tools. The reality is at the end of the day, if your business depends on a clear message being brought across to your target market and you've got a crowd sitting somewhere in rural KZN feeding um, Isizulu um, terminology base, are you really going to meet your right clientele? Also, the translator, in, in the brief we usually give our translators is it you should translate this for um, middle-class people that has a fair understanding of the language and that has been fairly educated, etc. Those parameters you can't really feed into a, a machine. And trying to get the right output at the end of the day, that's a tricky part. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you're running, you call it a small business, but it's a small business with, I think, multiple levels of complexity. You translate yeah. into 57 different languages. You make use of the services of 350 translators a month. Are these all people who are based in an office in Cape Town or are these people that you can send material to around the world? How does the model work? Yeah, look, we, um, as much as... I'm against machine translations. I'm very much pro-technology. Sure. So basically, we've got um, a few offices around South Africa, and we basically link with our translators who are worldwide via the Internet. So we email them stuff in secure uh, server rooms, for example. And our Japanese translator would actually be sitting in Tokyo, and our German translator is in Munich, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because for... At the end of the day, if you want to put yourself out there as a translator, as a person that is often in contact with the language, you need to understand the changes that go about as well. And language isn't a, something which is stagnant. 
It, it's it, amazing, isn't it? I mean, language evolves to a point. I, I get a bit sick of the Oxford English Dictionary every single year coming up and desperately trying to get you to buy the new edition <laughs> by adding 50 new words. But it is a reality that language is a living organism. Absolutely. I mean, take all the new technology words. Um, 10, 20 years ago, no one actually knew what a megabyte was or a... Um, a modem or any of those things. And as technology develops, as medical science develops, as economies develop, we need to create new words and introduce those into language in a logical sense. How did this business start? Um, we Last year, August, we actually celebrated our 10th anniversary. And it started with me being sick and tired of being a psychologist. <laughs> and, um, yeah, one can only handle those, um, that many um, depressions. And my wife being the linguist. Other people's, of course, not your own. Of course, of course, Absolutely. I have to say, yeah. No, and then um, my wife was the linguist. And we sat around the kitchen table one evening going, it's a good idea. Why not start it? And I think what we brought to the table is we brought quality checks and things that are hugely important in the industry because a lot of you get a lot of and i said with all the respect fly by nights one sure. man shows whereas we brought to the table quality assurance because i don't speak russian i can't read russian or japanese or arabic for that argument so i need to make sure my quality assurance is top notch how do you monitor that, though? Because if you've got a translator that you may not ever have met in person, yeah. you have somebody sitting in Moscow or sitting yeah. in Tokyo or sitting in Munich, um, you've got an electronic relationship, you may have mm. seen them on Skype, you, would have, you may have had a conversation. They, you send them a document, it comes back, and your client loses a deal, for example, because of an error. Yeah. Um, or the syntax was wrong, or there was a, a matter of interpretation that was wrong. I mean, these, yeah. are, these are high-stakes games. No, absolutely. And I think there are two sides to your question. The first is, um, how do we get the, the right person for the right job? Um, we don't take anyone from the street. Obviously, if you had French up to metric level, congratulations, but that doesn't qualify you to be a translator. So our translators are all mother tongue speakers, for at least five-year experience, and then um, have tertiary education. That's the one side. Then we put them through our own internal testing where we get senior translators to test them and to make sure they're at the right level. And then from there, obviously, it's a relationship building. But as soon as we get something back in uh, Wolof, for example, from Senegal, we actually have it a blind edit done on it to compare it with the English document because, like I said, I don't speak Wolof or you know, mm. those languages. So in that sense, we make sure there's a quality assurance. And then if we do send it out to a client, at least I can put my name to it. And honestly, we wouldn't have been in the um, game for this long if we didn't do it. Yeah. Last year, end of last year, we actually got our um, compliance with a... a international standard, which is similar to the ISO, but this is a European standard. We're one of the first in South Africa to actually get it. So, we, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that in just a moment. Herbert in Bedford View says, I do much business in the DRC. It's critical to use a certified translator, mm. translator, especially when it comes to legal correspondence. Google, not there yet. But Jeremy Absolutely. in Meadow Ridge, you do use Google Translate. How do you use it? Jeremy? Yeah, hi, Bruce. Hello. Um, oh, well, you know, I sit in Cape Town, but I'm a global manager for a, a global corporation. Um, and I do most of my work from here, but I manage people who manage projects across Central and Eastern Europe, in Saudi Arabia, South America, 
And just very interesting because using Google Translate, I'm looking at human resources projects and labor law contracts, and I can get about a 75% sense of what a, a, a legal document is saying. And then I only refer to my lawyers for that, you know, that final 10 or 20% where, you know, labor law, for example, is fairly common around the world, mm. but, you know, it has its distinctives. And when, when it gets technical, I refer to our lawyers in those different countries. But using technology, helpful sitting here and translating stuff everywhere else. Jeremy, thank you for that call. Uh, Jeremy and Meadow Rich uh, saying that yeah, we, it's not perfect. Uh, it's not perfect at all, Nick Nokia, mm-hmm. but um, that it, it's making significant difference to his life having access to that kind of uh, free uh, yeah. and easy access technology. And and I actually want to agree with him because the, the reality is sometimes you just need to get the gist of a document. And I mean, sending it out for translator or for translations, the translator will take at least a day or two. But you actually need to get the gist within the next half an hour because you need to make sure. a decision. By all means, I mean, I'm not opposed to um, using the tools that are available. But what I'm saying is be careful if your deal actually depends on the language to put it through Google Translate. Case in um, point, actually, a while ago we had a um, a client who did put things through um, Google Translate. When his product got to um, an Arabic country, um, Google Translate translated vegetable oil as car oil. <laughs> and the whole thing was just stopped at, um, um, at the harbour and sent back to South Africa, resulting in him losing over 2 million rand. Yeah. If, if you needed to find out a product that comes from France, what does it have in? Can I give it to my child or not? Go for um, um, one of the free tools available. But if you're sending stuff on to the other side, as much as we take pride in our own languages, we need to respect the other people as well and communicating in their language. I mean, as Madiba said himself, speak to man in his own language, you speak to his heart. There we go. David in Norwood, do you want to make a point as well? Hello. Hi, yes, good evening. Um, occasionally we get documentation where, let's say, we want, where a person passed away in uh, in France and we needed the documentation to be translated over here, and it had to be done by a certified translator. Someone has to now start running around looking for a certified translator. So are the services offered by your company, are they able to be certified uh, and then accepted by the local government? Yeah. Thanks, David and Norwood. Good question. Good. Yeah, Now, and I think one needs to, just for clarity's sake, you get normal translations and then you get certified translations, which is basically a sworn translation, where the translator would say, I swear that A equals A in the document um, um, corresponding to it. And they're actually certified with the stamp of the High Court as well, um, or uh, their own stamp, but they've been accepted into the High Court. Yes, we do offer that services as well, and into most of the major European languages, some of the Asian languages, and then most of the African languages as well. My guest this evening is Nico Nokia, Chief Executive of Language Inc. I'm assuming this is a good business. Hey, Nico, I mean, <laughs> you, you make good money out of this. You, you're based in Cape Town. You've got the lifestyle of champions. You yeah. have got people doing the real work in other parts of the world and other geographies. Is, is this a high-margin business? 
Well, I wouldn't quite be able to afford the nine million for a new car in my lifetime. If that answers well, it's a new the question. car. Every, it's, it's nine million <laughs> over your life for a new car every five years, eight times yeah. over. That's what it'll cost you. So. Uh, okay, no, no, no. See, math was never my strong point. Yeah, <laughs> no. The reality is, um, it's a it's a good business, but it's hard work because a lot of our clients actually, we service a lot of clients in South Africa, but a lot of, um, abroad as well, because the notion is still that you get it cheaper in Africa. And a lot of our clients actually sit in New York, in London, um, Sydney as well. So with a di- with a time difference, um, it is hard work. That's a reality. But um, I also think we we just we um, getting an honest buck for our work as well. When we we look at it, what was what what does it cost to translate a document? If I want to say I've got a legal document, it's mm-hmm. thirty pages long. I want it translated into Russian. Would it cost me substantially more or less than if I had it translated into French or German? Yeah, I think um, it's a market-related question as well. And then there are a lot of variables. And as a true businessman, I'm not going to give you the straight answer. No, I don't, but, want, I don't want a price. No, I don't want no, a price. But the, the reality is there are fewer Russian translators about than French translators, for example. So your French price would be um, less than your Russian one of our most expensive languages would be Norwegian, Swedish, Danish, Finnish, purely because of the um, the the question, or rather the the need thereof, and hence they actually put up the price. Absolutely, I mean it becomes complicated as well. So much of the work you do, I mean, French is French, but if you're translating a, do- a document for people in Mauritius, or you're translating mm, a mm. document for people in the DRC, yeah. or if you're translating a document for people in Portugal or people in Angola who speak Portuguese, mm. but it's an evolved form and a different kind of Portuguese because yeah. languages in different areas evolve at different rates and in different ways and in, mixed with indigenous languages, that's quite complicated stuff. Yeah, and for example, the Angolan Portuguese um, they speak Portuguese in Angola, they speak Portuguese in uh, Mozambique as well. But the Mozambican um, Portuguese is close to the European, whereas the Angolan is closer to Brazilian, um, or yeah, Brazilian Portuguese again. And if you have a document, you can't just have one document trying to um, capture both markets. And I think that is the value we actually bring in with our knowledge of um, it as well, saying, yes, you can have a generic um, document, but adapted, i.e. localize it for your specific target market. Because if you've got a, um, for example, if you've got high German and low German, if you're sending out a, a document in low German to a target audience that's actually highly educated, they'll frown upon it and you'll miss yeah. your target. I mean, but it's, it's about the, the sensibilities, the cultural yeah. sensibilities, which perhaps a, an automatic translation doesn't pick up. When we look at this as a South African-based business with yeah. tentacles enabled by technology around the world, um, are, what percentage of your clients are South African versus from elsewhere? I would say at this stage it's eighty twenty and um, eighty twenty which way? Uh, eighty South African, twenty okay. um, international, but there's a definite shift within that as well. Um, look, we ideally position for the European market because we mostly on the same timelines, so that helps a lot. And then also we are cheaper than the European markets um, can actually offer. And at the end of the day, the people and the quality assurance we give our clients is equal or even maybe better than the European um, companies would. 
So we, we're seeing a definite shift in international clientele as well. It's a fascinating story, and I thank you for coming to share it this evening. Dr. Nico Nokia, Chief Executive of Language Inc., Cape Town-based business. It translates into 57 languages using 350 translators all around the world per month, um, uh, uh, every single month. And it's it's just amazing the way that technology, uh, secure encryption of documents, you can send them off, they can be translated, they can come back, you can check them, you can then send them back to your clients. And here's a little business in Cape Town doing this for a global audience, potentially. 80% of the work coming out of South Africa for now, but there's absolutely no reason why a business like this can't go 80-20 the other way and seriously do global translation services.